Good morning. Welcome to the vineyard. Glad to have you here this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Always a bunch of you, and we're glad to have you with us as well. Interesting to have people watching all over the world. I get a kick out of that. I go back and look at the IP addresses, and there's people from everywhere. So that's a wonderful thing. And uh, before I hop in here, just a couple of things. First, uh, you may have noticed my, my lovely bride is not here, Alice, this morning. She has an upset stomach that kept her up in the night. And uh, she was a trooper. She got up this morning, and, and she just like, uh, yeah, it's not going to happen. So uh, she's home watching. She's, she's still apart, but she's just home where she can be. So uh, she told me to say hi and oh, hello. And, hi, honey. Yay. Oh, they all said hi to you. How nice. Okay. So... There's that. Um, this coming Wednesday, I invited uh, uh, a guy named Putty Putman to come and speak uh, here at church. And he's a fascinating guy. He's a vineyard pastor. He actually is a, he, he's a trained physicist, like the really hard kind, like astrophysicist or something. He's a brilliant guy. And, uh, and he's, he's just had a fascinating ministry. He's a young guy. He's written these two books, and I love these books. One is called Kingdom Impact, and one is Live Like Jesus. And we actually, uh, he has a worldwide school, the School of Kingdom Ministry, that uh, the staff and I went through in uh, 2019, at uh, the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And so he's going to come Wednesday at 630 uh, and it's open to all of you if you'd like to come. Uh, there'll be some worship time, and then he's going to teach, and then um, we'll have some ministry time after that. So, fascinating guy, and, and maybe you're just sick of listening to me, and uh, you'd like to hear somebody different. So, that'll be Wednesday. And it's gonna, it'll be really good. If you can come, you'll enjoy it. We'll web stream it, too, and uh, so if you can't make it, you can do that. So, that's good. Alice just texted, thanks, I miss you all. So, she is watching. Uh, also, um, our, our friend, and uh, Danita Rosenberg, she's been a friend of mine for years. She went to be with the Lord last Sunday. And uh, she'd, been, she'd been not doing well. So, and it's, we'd had lots of discussions over the last few months. And she was ready. And she, you know, she was ready for an upgrade and all that stuff. So, um, so she's, she's with Jesus. And we're going to have a little service for her uh, Saturday at 11. And so if you'd like to come, you can. And we're also going to include Russ in that because Russ passed in January, her nephew. And we were kind of waiting for Danita to get better to have his service. And But anyway, we'll just do a simple service uh, 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 next Saturday at 11. And so if you if you want to be involved with that, that's where we'll be. That's coming up. And don't forget, it is Memorial Weekend. Please, you know, take some time and remember. Okay, that's a significant thing. And we don't want to just kind of roll by and get busy. All right, so we're in a series called Are You Ready? And this series is about hope. It's about our hope. Uh, and in First Peter it says we need to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. So we need to get ready. We need to be prepared. That's what this is all about. To be able to tell people about our hope. So for me, there's a couple of things going on there. Hey, we've got to have a good idea about what our hope is. And then secondly, we need to be able to... Work it out where we can tell people what it's all about. And so our hope is, you know, Revelation 21 stuff, end of the book stuff, that, that heaven comes to earth, right? And earth is renewed, restored, back to the way it was initially. That's all part of the story. We get new physical bodies. 
That's what the idea of resurrection has always been. And things are going to go back to the way they were at creation. We're going to partner with God on the planet, which will be perfect. And there'll be no more tears or shame or pain or any of that mess. And we're going to then experience forever with him. That's our hope. It's a really cool, important story. And the the thing is, too often we've, we haven't understood how the story plays out and we sort of settled for a less than story not that it's a bad story but uh, if we're not careful we'll sort of go with the idea well jesus has come he's paid for my sin so that i can go to heaven that's kind of the story that people understand and while that's true there's more to that story see yes he did come good friday kind of thing he paid for our sin with his own life and he defeated the power of sin but on easter he defeated the power of death when he rose again and that adds to the story and what that does is he's the first the beginning of new creation and what he, he takes us with him in that we go to the cross with him come out on the other side somehow he has pushed us ahead into our eternal lives already and it makes a difference now at some point it's going to get way better but he's already impacted us now and we have to get a hold of that that's why we have hope and once we get that then we go back and we begin to read the story and you see how everything is pointing to what happened and what's going to happen and that really changes things so so see that's that's the hope and that's a fun story to tell people and there's, there's a lot to it. So you gotta catch it and understand what's going on. And, and we're gonna be digging into John chapter 1 here in just a moment. Remember the themes that we're building on, besides hope, running through the scriptures, the idea of exile, that's when we go and do our own thing. Exodus, that's when God makes a way to rescue us. Tabernacle, that's when heaven and earth meet. That's God's heart to dwell with us. And so last week, we started talking about the kingdom of God. I'm gonna be building on that in the weeks ahead and when you read about kingdom of God in the Gospels, don't think of it as a geographical place. That's not the idea. Because the, the words are interchangeable. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. And neither one is talking about a geographical place because heaven and earth already overlap. We've seen it. We're in overlap because Holy Spirit dwells in us. Heaven and earth right here is connected. And they're not millions of miles apart. They intersect. Prayer is the language of people living in the overlap. All these things are going on. And so we need to hang on to those tensions as we look at this stuff and as we talk about tabernacle, which is what that means. And uh, we saw last week how Jesus was the temple. He was the heaven and earth connection, place where heaven and earth met. And we, we talked briefly about John 1, but we're going to deep dive into it today. Okay, I could already started preaching and that's the intro. Bad jokes. You know, do you know the reason that bees stay in the hive in the winter? Swarm. The looks of disgust actually make it even better for me, so thank you. I read about an archaeologist who discovered the largest lower leg bone of a dinosaur ever recorded. Apparently, it was quite the shindig. I also read a joke about Elton John. It's a little bit funny. This feeling inside. Not one of those who can easily. When will he stop singing? Okay, here we go. I would normally have Alice come and rescue me, but she's not here. So I'm going to read the scripture today. If you are able, would you please stand for the reading of the word? 
We're looking at John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. That's John the Baptist, in case you've ever wondered and started thinking that was the Apostle John who wrote the book. It's not. That's John the Baptist. We saw him in Malachi last week. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives everyone but the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born of natural descent, not, not born of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Now that passage is so important that you get a hold of John 1. Um, and, and as you read the gospel of John, which I encourage you to do, you, you read the first chapter, that, that chunk, and then you hang on to that because it really opens up the whole rest of the gospel to you. But it even does more than that. I, I'm going to tell you that that verse, verse 14, is a lens that opens up the entire story to you. And it changes the way that you're going to interact with the scripture and with everything that's happening. So we pick up the, the idea here. And I touched on this last week, that what happens is that Jesus tabernacled. Now, if you've been following along with me, we've talked about how exile happens from the beginning. We've seen it. Exodus is God's rescue. And then tabernacle is the idea that, that God wants to dwell with us. It's a place where heaven and earth meet. It's really important to the heart of God. And so what John ties together for us, the apostle, is, is he begins to make these connections. And if you remember last week in John 2... He wrote, and he said, uh, when, when Jesus went to the temple, and he said, tear it down, I'll put it back in three days. And, and all of a sudden, they realized, after the crucifixion and resurrection, after Good Friday and Sunday it happened, Easter Sunday it happened, all of a sudden, they make this connection, and it said, we believed the scripture and everything that Jesus taught. There was this moment, based on what happened, when it all came alive to them. When it just, That's what was going on. That's the story that we've read about our entire lives. That's the picture of what's happening. Everything opens up for them. And, and that's the heart of what we're going after together today. That there's this point when everything will open up. And this past is so powerful. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The Word. Now we're going to connect the Word in a moment in the Old Testament. But we know that's Jesus. Because we just read it in the prologue, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. Remember I told you in creation, I've said this numerous times. Back in Genesis, what do we see? We see Holy Spirit hovering over the water. And there's God Father, and He speaks what Word. That's Jesus. And you see everything happening there in creation. And now we see these pictures going again. Well, this Word, that Word, becomes flesh. God, fully man, fully Jesus, right? Fully God, fully man. 
and he makes his dwelling among us. And that, we read dwelling and we go, eh. But dwelling means that he pitched his tent or he tabernacled with us. It's really significant that you understand that's what happens. And, and, and so John makes this connection of what's going on, that the one who was present in creation now has come in the flesh and he's here. He's fully God, fully man. He's heaven and earth embodied. And John makes this big connection and it, it opens everything up. Because in that prologue, really what we see is John connecting everything from Genesis 1 to Exodus 40. You know Exodus 40 now because we looked at it a few weeks ago. Exodus 40 is when the tabernacle is built and the presence of God shows up and his glory fills everything. And it's this idea of what happens when God shows up. And so here's the one who was in the beginning. He's come and he's tabernacled and now everything is changed. And John wants us to know. He wants to make sure that we get here. We have seen his glory because you, you get glory when you get the presence of God. You see his glory. Remember, I've, I've been telling you his glory now. And we're looking, you know, in the future, it says the knowledge and the glory of the Lord will cover the whole earth like the, like the water. It's just going to cover everything. But it's come in part already. And what you begin to see is you see this glory, the presence of God showing up in all the signs and the wonders and the miracles and the encounters that Jesus has with people throughout the Gospels. And then you take it a step further and you see it happening in the book of Acts in the church. And that's still us, right? We're still the... The book, the canon is finished. I always be careful when I want to be careful when I say what I'm about to say. Scripture is done. It's been written. You don't add to it. But the idea of what's happening with the church in Acts continues on in us. We're still the church and filled with the Holy Spirit. And the idea of glory, as I've said to you, is is the royal priesthood. That's us. Filled with his power and presence, we're making a difference throughout the whole earth. That's happening still. And John wants to know, wants us to know, that's the idea of what's going on in this passage. So we see these things working together. Now, the scriptures of Israel are being focused in on Jesus. So as the, as the New Testament writers make these connections, they begin to write them all down for us. And I just know there was these, these big moments. I, I, I would call them these aha moments. Because I love what he said there. All of a sudden, the scripture opened up and all the things that Jesus said. They'd been hanging out with Jesus, these guys. And they were listening to what he said. And wow, these were pretty amazing things. But all of a sudden, the scripture opens up. And they tie it together. And see, part of this thing about being able to know your hope and, and give reason for it is that you will have that aha moment yourself. And I, I don't think... A lot of people that have even known Jesus for a long time haven't had that moment when the, when the whole of Scripture comes alive, when it all really ties together. And I get it. You know, when I, when I came to know Jesus, um, it was really just a, a step of faith thing. There was no knowledge behind it. I didn't understand how any of it worked or how the story got together. I just knew I was a mess and somebody had told me about Jesus and, and I'd heard about Jesus when I was 19. I never went to church and that was the first time and I kind of filed it back there. And then uh, again at, at 25, uh, I, I ended up in this Bible study and I, you know, I, I was like, Neh. but I went home that night and knelt down because I figured that's what you do. And, uh, I just said, Jesus, if you're real, I'm in. That was it. And sure enough, I woke up and I was decidedly different the next morning. I wasn't like perfect, by any, but I was different. Something happened. 
And, and that was with not knowing how any of it worked. It was just, Jesus, if you're real, I'm here. So, so that's a little step of faith, right? But then I began to dig into the scripture and I began to read the Bible for years. And then all of a sudden, there's these aha moments where it, it connects and you begin to see the bigger picture. And you begin to see that there's more to the story. And you begin to see that he's pursued you because he loves you and he's invited you into the story. And he wants you to live a life beyond what many of us settle for. He wants you to live this almost full and abundant life. A life where we get a hold of the idea that we've already moved from death to life somehow. That, that he, because of what he's done, he's pushed us through. We've already begun our eternal existence. We're making a difference now that lasts forever. There will come a time for most of us, unless he quickly comes back, when we'll transition, when this whole body just is no longer worth having, and, and we might be hanging out for a little while on the clouds. But, you know, and I always tell you, I just think we're going to get into some really intense worship. And before you know it, Jesus is going to say, let's go. And down we come, and, and earth is recreated. And we get those new physical bodies, hallelujah. And the whole journey starts the way it was supposed to. Back in creation, only this time evil is dealt with forever. Yeah, and so, see, there's hope in that. And and then if you if you were like me and somehow managed to stumble into knowing Jesus, which is the best deal in the universe, and all of a sudden you put the whole thing together, it's like, wow! You want to know I got hope? I got all kinds of reasons. How many stories could you listen to? I have to break them into twenty minute chunks so I don't drive you crazy. And it just keeps getting better. Because it's more, the story is so deep and rich and it all connects. But it's, it's having this lens, seeing this, the word became, John made this connection, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've seen his glory. And uh, I took it out of the ESV this time. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. There's a connection that John makes. So he's already connected us, what, to Genesis and Exodus. Now what he's doing, he's connecting us to David. It's very important. So he's connected us to all the important folks. He's connecting us to David. Because if you remember, we looked at this passage a few weeks ago. Second Samuel, what was David's heart? Was he wanted to build a house for God? God said, no. One of your sons will do it. Your son will do it. But I'm going to build you a family. And that, that happens through Jesus. And at the end of that discussion, he says, I'll be to him a father. He shall be to me a son. John is connecting what's happening now. Now he's bringing in the whole story of David, too, into this bigger story. Because they see how it's all fitting together. And he keeps it up, John. He says in John 10.30, I and the Father are one. There's that picture. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? John 14.9. Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? There's that Davidic connection with what's happening with Jesus as the one who would come. And so he's putting these things together for us. And then he drags in Isaiah. Oh, I love Isaiah. I think I've told you that. I've been telling you forever. I've been encouraging you to read the scripture, right? Because you've got to read it. There's so much in there. It's fascinating. And, And... Pray that there, there's a point when it will be like you, it's not a chore any longer. You go, ooh, I get to, I, I want it to be like, ooh, it's better than watching TV. I got, look at, look at what's happening now. But bring, if you haven't read Isaiah, go, at least read chapters 40 through 55, because it's all about new creation. It's, Isaiah is talking about what's going to happen. And, and look how John makes this connection with the word becoming flesh. 
as they tie together, a voice says, cry out. And I said, what should I cry? All people are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass and the grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word hmm, of our God endures forever. Now, he's making a connection beyond like, you know, so, yeah, this is the word of God. I get it. But the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And here's this picture of the word coming. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. See, connections, right? He gathers the lambs in his arms. That's you. And carries them close to his heart. And he gently leads those that have young. See, Isaiah is saying the word. He's he's already got it. The word becomes flesh. God is going to come. Why does God have to come? Well, because we can't do it. We're, un- we're not faithful enough. We've messed up from the beginning. We keep doing the things that we should not do. It's not a, it's not a rules thing and a, and a thing. We, we, keep, we keep reflecting the wrong image in our lives. We were, we were created to reflect the image of God. And yet, because we get caught up into other things in our culture, we are constantly reflecting the image of false gods. That's what idolatry is. That's what sin is. That's what happens to us. We just can't keep our end of the deal. So God keeps it for us. This is so amazing. In our culture, people often think that God is a big meanie and, and his, his wrath is so intense that it can only be satisfied by killing his son. And, and it's a wrong picture. God's love is so intense and he wants to dwell with us so much that he actually takes it all on himself. He comes to deal with it because we can't. He becomes flesh. He comes and gives his life in exchange for it all. He defeats the power of sin. He defeats the power of death and raises again so that all of us can have life, not only now, but forever. See, that That's the heart of God for us. And they're making these connections. Look in this, Isaiah 55. As the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. Remember original creation? The word becomes flesh. He will not return to me empty. He will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent him. He's going to come and take care of it himself. The word with God in the beginning, it's God, comes fully God, fully man. And he takes on the mess for us. And what he does when he, see, he defeats sin so that we can be reconciled to God. Then he defeats death so we can have life, 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 life now and forever. And it's a new creation picture because Jesus is the first in new creation. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. This is a new creation passage. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all of the trees of the field will clap their hands. Now you might read that and well that's just some pretty language. New creation, mountains, hills can sing and trees can clap. And I can hardly wait and clap their hands, no less. I, I can't. I am so excited. That's one of the things. I, in my holy imagination, I'm like, get me out in the middle of the forest and let's have some worship because I want to watch and hear what's about to take place. And then I get to join in woo, with it. 
That's what's taking place. Instead, look at the curses reversed. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars, the murder will grow. Remember the consequence of the fall? Sin, and, and, and you know, and, and nothing's going to grow, and it'll be weeds and thorns. This will be for the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign. Everlasting means it lasts forever. That will endure forever. It's a new creation thing. This is going to change. And it started with Jesus when he defeated death. New creation has already begun. It's not completely here, but it's already begun. And that changes us. And see, that's the lens to understanding the story. It's, it's making that connection. That, that when you're reading the scripture and what you're seeing in the story is God's movement towards us. God's faithfulness. to He, he made a promise to Abraham. And what he said was, Abraham, through you, all people, all nations can get saved. And, and yet, Israel, that's who runs through that, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob, Israel. He's the, and yet, Israel gets messed up like the rest of us and gets caught up in idolatry. So Jesus comes, not only is he the perfect person in the process, he's a representation of the perfect Israel. He comes and does what Israel itself couldn't do because he's Israel. He's the king. He's all those things. And so you need to see this story wrapping together. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And we're witnesses to these things and we continue to see what's going on. And as we get used to seeing that way, then God really trains us to see the whole story the way he wants us to see it. And it's an amazing story. I want to end with one little thing. It's a poem that the Apostle Paul writes. And poems, poems and songs are powerful because they convey messages that normal speaking don't. So, so like, if if I could, you know, write a song or write you a poem, uh, and I could share it with you in a minute, it it may have more lasting impact than would a an entire message like this, because that's the power of poems and songs. And so, oftentimes, when you're reading in the scripture, you're reading poems and songs that have been put together. Well, the Apostle Paul writes a writes a poem that I want to get to. I want to set it up. So, in the beginning, that's. How the Gospel of John starts, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word's with God, and the Word's with God. But it's also how the Old Testament starts. The whole thing starts in the beginning. God created. Okay. So, in the beginning. Now, in the beginning, in the Hebrew, that's a compound word in the beginning. It's one word, though, and it's be-reshith. Be-reshith. And uh, there's some meanings to those words, the compound word. Let me make sure I get it right. Be means in, through, and for. Those are the possible meanings of the word be, the, the little part of the beginning of that song. Reshith means beginning, head, sum total, first fruits. Now, with that in mind, look at this poem that's found in, in Colossians 1, 15 through 20. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. Things in heaven, things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. And in him, 
all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That was a poem. Fascinating thing about this poem is that when you read it, what's happening there is that you find all three meanings of the word be and all four meanings of reshith. And reshith, we, what we see in the poem is Jesus as the beginning, Jesus as the sum total or supreme, Jesus as the head, and Jesus as the first fruits. And you see all three meanings of the word uh, be there reconciled in him. And through him and for him. Why do I think that's so cool? Because Paul, looking through this lens and how the whole story works together, he reads the first word in the Old Testament scriptures, Bereshith, and he goes, hey, it's all about Jesus. Back to the very first word. And he ties it together there. And it's the coolest thing. And see, those moments are happening throughout the scripture. And, and that's my heart, that they would just tie into you. I just wish I could have been there with Paul. He, in the beginning, in, and he writes that Holy Spirit-given poem about Jesus, how it connects. That's the kind of life that we're called to. And those are the kind of things we know to be ready to give a reason for the hope they have. We have an amazing hope. And, and, and I, just, I want to see it just flourish in all of you. Well, that's enough for today. I got to do it again here in a minute. <laughs> I got to have something left in the tank for one more. You know, I was I was praying earlier this morning, and uh, I just had this, and I think it's for all of us. But I really believe, as we we sort of get ready to enter into summer here, that summer's going to be a time of refreshing. I just felt the Lord speak that to me today that this summer is going to be a time of refreshing. And, and maybe that was just for me, because I'm like, yahoo! But as I prayed, I think that's for all of us, that, that it's been a pretty you know, difficult season. But this summer, there's just going to be refreshing in it. It might not mean that you're not busy, or it might, it's just going to be refreshing. I think you'll get more of a sense of Holy Spirit being with you and the abundance of this life, and you're going to be able to take some really deep breaths and go, oh, wow! Anyway, that's my prayer for you. All of this amazing journey starts by knowing Jesus. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, do it now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? It's, it's we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Everything starts there. If you do that, text the word heart to me to 305-745-7513. So I know, I want to celebrate with you. It's the best decision you will ever, ever make. Thank you for your generosity, church. You guys are amazing in your faithfulness, your giving, and your offerings, your tithing, all those things. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We did give away those hurricane buckets that I talked about. We had, our, we had a big giveaway yesterday. They went over really well. And so you guys blessed a whole lot of people in the community. Good job. Thank you for doing that. Let's sing doxology, and we'll call it a day. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Great.
Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Go out these doors when you leave. Please are open for you. Get out there. It looks like a nice day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost job back to death. Bye, everybody. Thank you online for being a part. Hope. What an amazing journey we're in. And uh, my hope is that your hope is stirred. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being a part. Praying for you guys. Hi, honey. If you're still watching, uh, I'll be home in an hour and a half. Maybe two hours. All right? Love you. Bye. Thank you.